0: You're listening to the Get Your Gut Together with Dr. Ariola podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Carolina Ariola. I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor with a telemedicine practice who specializes in all things gut health. I created this podcast to provide listeners like you with the information needed to understand how the gut works, how it affects nearly every aspect of your health, and of course, to give you the basics on how you can start improving your gut health today. I'm committed to empowering my listeners and providing you all with the information and the tools you may need to advocate for yourselves, get your gut together, and achieve optimal health. Now let's get the show started. The information provided on this show is not medical advice and is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any disease or condition. Please consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any of the information provided into your personal care. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Get Your Gut Together podcast with Dr. Ariola. I'm your host, Dr. Carolina Ariola. In today's show, I'm going to talk about the three top gut health issues that people come to see me for. These are the most common complaints that I either hear directly from my patients, on social media through comments, or I find in my Instagram DMs. Let's get right into it. So, the number one thing that people come to see me for in my practice is IBS. IBS stands for Irritable Bowel Syndrome. And the thing with IBS is that it's not actually a true diagnosis in itself, but it's just a collection of symptoms. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I have made plenty of videos on how IBS is a term that people use in order to Describe a collection of symptoms that they can't find the cause of. That's why when I see patients with IBS, they're all coming in with very different symptom pictures. The most common symptoms that are associated with IBS include chronic bloating, chronic diarrhea, chronic constipation, or all of the above. And with IBS, patients have typically seen a multitude of doctors before coming to see me because they're still not getting the answers that they need. The reason is there's no true fix to IBS. Because the cause of IBS is different for every single person. Now, the second most common problem that people come to me for is either chronic heartburn, acid reflux, or GERD. And the reason that I say all three of those is because people use this term interchangeably. So I'm going to take a minute to just explain each one so you know what you're dealing with. So acid reflux is the most common condition that people are experiencing when they're using these terms. And it happens when there's a dysfunction in the sphincter that's at the bottom of your esophagus leading into your stomach. When this sphincter is not opening and closing at the appropriate times, it allows for acid or food contents or anything else in the stomach to splash back up into the esophagus. When that happens, you experience the symptom of heartburn, So heartburn is that burning, discomfort, you know, uncomfortable feeling that you can get in your chest or in your throat that is associated with something like acid reflux. Now, when acid reflux becomes a chronic condition, meaning it's something that you are experiencing probably two times a week or more, that is when it can be characterized as GERD. GERD stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease and is usually diagnosed by your doctor. The third most common issue that people come to see me for is chronic bloating. Now this can sometimes fall under the category of IBS. It just really depends if another person has told that patient if they have IBS or not. But chronic bloating has a multitude of different causes. But first, I wanted to make a point to say that bloating is not always a problem that needs to be fixed. I feel like in this day and age, people have become obsessed with the idea of having a flat tummy. And if you don't have a flat tummy, then you are convinced that you are bloated. Additionally, some people, when you eat a particular type of food, you may bloat a little bit. And that's not really a cause for concern. Here is when you should be concerned about chronic bloating. Now, if you are experiencing pain with your bloating, that is something that needs to be looked into further. If you've noticed that your bloating is affecting your day-to-day activities, meaning you're not able to go on with your day without noticing it because you're so uncomfortable, then you definitely need to talk to someone about getting to the root cause of that issue. Another sign that bloating is a cause for concern is after a meal, you notice that your clothes are fitting you just a little bit tighter than they were before. For example, if you finish a meal and you feel like suddenly your shirt or your pants are three sizes too small, then that's something that we need to address. One of the things I am most commonly hearing from patients that experience that is they come in and tell me, when I'm finished eating, I look like I'm nine months pregnant. And when I hear that, that's how I know we have a much bigger problem to address. Again, this is different from weight gain. Weight gain is something that's going to be happening over a long period of time rather than right after you eat a meal. And lastly, if you are experiencing bloating that does not go away, then that's a big sign that we need to look into things further. What I mean by not going away is some people will drink a carbonated drink and they will get immediately bloated. But that makes sense because you're drinking carbonation. But typically after 15, 20 minutes, they feel normal again. If you are eating or drinking something, you get bloated and it lasts for hours, that is not normal. And that is something that we need to look into more. Now, let's talk about the common denominators among all the patients that come to see me for these three things. The first thing is, is that some of these patients have an infection or an imbalance. An example of this infection or imbalance could be SIBO, which stands for Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth. They can have Candida, which is a fungal overgrowth of the intestine, Or they can have just a general imbalance of the good and bad bacteria in their gut, which is called dysbiosis. The second one is hidden food sensitivities. So many patients that come to me are having a reaction to the food that they're eating and they don't even realize it. Hidden food sensitivities can lead to chronic inflammation, which can exacerbate other issues like GERD or even chronic bloating. The third thing is low stomach acid. Now, this tends to be really surprising for people because people who experience heartburn or acid reflux are often on acid-reducing medications, so they come to me thinking that they have too much stomach acid, when in reality, being on those medications for a long period of time can actually reduce the amount of stomach acid that they're producing, which will lead to digestional dysfunction. Some signs of having low stomach acid are having difficulty digesting your meals or feeling like there is a stone sitting in your stomach after having a protein-heavy meal. The last thing I see in these types of patients are lifestyle factors. So an example of this would be a lack of fiber in their diet, a lack of water intake, or both. Fiber is absolutely crucial when it comes to having optimal gut health. And if you're not drinking enough water, this can lead to constipation or pain while you're passing your bowel movements. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms that I just mentioned, then you're probably wondering what are some things that you can do to help. So the number one thing that I would recommend is to make sure that you're drinking enough water. So many of the patients that I see come in and they are really dehydrated. Not having enough water in your body is going to make it really difficult for you to detoxify and pass bowel movements comfortably. With that said, if you are experiencing chronic bloating, then I want you to take this next tip to heart. I need you to avoid drinking large amounts of fluid with your meals. Keeping your fluid intake, whether it be water, soda, whatever you are drinking with your meal, minimize it to eight ounces or less at least 30 minutes before and after eating. This is because if you are experiencing chronic bloating, then it's very likely that you are diluting your stomach acid and digestive enzymes. And when you drink a large amount of fluid while you're eating, you're diluting those enzymes even further. When you dilute these digestive enzymes, then the food is going to sit in your stomach for a longer period of time. Then it will start to ferment, causing that gas bubbles and the bloating that you're probably really familiar with. Another thing that you can try is to consider taking digestive bitters before eating a meal. Digestive bitters are made from botanicals, and the way that they work is they stimulate the production of your own digestive enzymes. When you take this before eating, then you are telling your body to prepare for food. Taking digestive bitters before a meal can support digestion and really reduce the risk of bloating. My next recommendation is to start a symptom diary. So the way that this works is that if you're experiencing gut health issues all the time and they seem to be really random, start writing it down. So what I recommend is to write down the symptom that you're experiencing, the food that you've eaten prior to that, and how long the symptoms last for. Anytime that you experience a symptom, write it down. Then over the course of a week or two, you'll be able to identify a pattern. If you're having difficulty identifying a pattern, that's the time that you should look for help. Having this kind of information before you go in to see a doctor will be really helpful for them as well. I often will tell my patients when they come in to start doing this anyway. So if you've done it beforehand, you're only speeding up the healing process. My next recommendation is to make your diet as colorful as possible. Now, I'm not talking about the fake colors that you find in candy or other sort of pastries, but more the natural colors that come from fruits and vegetables. The colors that you see in these foods are indicating high levels of antioxidants and nutrients, and these will naturally reduce inflammation in the body. Now, another common denominator that I didn't mention earlier that I should have is that Inflammation is usually a big part of any of the patients that I am seeing. So eating foods that are high in anti-inflammatory components is only going to help you. Now, if you've tried any of the recommendations that I just mentioned and you're not finding the relief that you're really looking for, you probably need the help of a professional. Now, what I recommend is looking for either a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor in your area. Doctors like this have been trained to look at things from a holistic perspective, so we are not going to dismiss your case if you just don't fit the textbook definition of whatever disease we are trying to rule out. The easiest way to find a doctor in your area is really to go to Google and type in naturopathic doctor in whatever city you're living in. Another thing you can do is go to ifm.org and look for a functional medicine practitioner in your area. It's important that I talk to you about the red flags that you should look out for if you are experiencing any gut health issues. The first one being seeing blood in the stool. Seeing blood in the stool can be a sign of a very serious underlying issue. And you should get that looked at right away. If you're experiencing pain with blood in the stool, then you should seek immediate medical attention. Also, what you want to look out for is any blood in your vomit. So if you are throwing up and you are seeing streaks of red or anything that looks like coffee grounds, then you need to seek immediate medical attention. Another red flag to look out for is severe pain. You should never be in severe pain. And don't let anybody tell you that this is a normal experience, whether it has to do with your digestive health or otherwise. If you are experiencing really severe pain, you need to see a doctor right away. Lastly, a red flag that you need to look out for is a family history of colon cancer. If you experience any of these symptoms and you have a family history of colon cancer, then please discuss this with your doctor as soon as you possibly can. Having a family history of colon cancer puts you at an increased risk for developing colon cancer yourself, but also for developing other serious issues like inflammatory bowel disease. So in today's show, I went over the three most common gut health issues that people come to see me for, the symptoms that are associated with it, the underlying causes that are often found beneath them, and also any red flags that you should look out for. I also shared some tips on how you can begin to address these at home, and if those tips aren't cutting it, how to find a doctor to help you. Now, if you're interested in working with me, that's definitely possible. I do offer free 20-minute consultation discovery calls so we can see if we're a good fit in working together. If you're interested in booking a discovery call, you can visit me at my website at www.arjolanatropathic.com or you can find me on social media. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Get Your Gut Together with Dr. Ariola podcast. If you enjoyed it and you would like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on TikTok at dr.ariola or on Facebook and Instagram at Ariola_Naturopathic. underscore Thank you so much again for joining me and I'll see you next time.